Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam, and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be SOL if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Hey, what's up, Addicts? We are back from a little hiatus. Um, you had us Thanksgiving week. We were here last week, but things were a little little out of schedule. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam, back from the, the Thanksgiving break. Already 18 of you in the chat. Appreciate it. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Verderam, man, how was your Thanksgiving? How you doing? It was good. It was good. I uh, I spent it at the in-laws, which was was fine. I know for some people that's death. For me, that was fine. We had a good time. Uh, I ate enough dessert to uh, last me a couple of months, and now I'm I'm good. A little stuffed up, a little cold. So if I sound like snuffleupagus, I apologize. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm hanging in. I'm I'm doing good. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, not bad. Not bad. I ate a fair amount of pie. Had a couple different pie options. Uh, had a sort of an and it was like an apple cranberry crumble, a little too fancy for my my taste. It was good, but you know, a little too many ingredients. Uh, it just gets me straight apple. I'm good with that. And of course, some pumpkin pie. Um, still polishing off the pie here uh, about a week later. So um, you know, it was good. It was good. Feeling belts a little tighter. Got, got getting back in the gym this week, trying to get things under control. But you know what? It is what it is. It's right now. It's just about trying to maintain. All the way through the new year. Yeah, you know, I um, it was funny. I actually I, I see this personal trainer twice a week just because I don't know. I, I feel like that's probably the next and hopefully final step to becoming a, a human being. Uh, the, the, but I I see her every Wednesday and every Friday, and so last week she was like, look, you know, you've been coming for six weeks now. Like, you know, we, when I first started, we did like you know weight check, body fat percentage, all that stuff. She's like, do you want to do it on Wednesday or Friday? I was like, definitely Wednesday because <laughs> Thanksgiving is going to make some things not good. Yeah. Um, so, and then, and then when we, we did the, uh, the workout on Friday, Mike, I thought I was going to die. Um, yeah. You know, I really, I was like, listen, be gentle because if, if we go real hard, we're going to see Thanksgiving in reverse. Okay. <laughs> you so, smell like gravy there during the workout. I'm sure oh, that was disgusting. for your trainer. Yeah. yeah. She was uh, thankfully she was okay with that, so it worked out. But yes, I uh, 
Definitely thankful I've been getting back in the gym because after, you know, in Turkey, it's just, it always like, like I think for everybody, you know, you get tired, you get, you get so full, like you just yep. feel like you've gained like five pounds yeah. in a day. You know, it's just a, it's a heavy meal. It's not, yeah. it's not the kind of meal that you eat. And then you're just like, all right, what's next? Like, you're like, all right, I'm done. Good night. And this is a time of year you've got no chance, right? They just keep rolling out. People are making cookies. And if you're oh, working yeah. in an office, people are bringing crap in. It's just, it's, it's horrible. You got to do what you can in the off days. That's the way that I, I try to, uh, and then just enjoy yourself. You know, you can't take it with you. Oh, no, no question. Hey, look, you know what? Like I go to the gym and I, I see people who are in like unbelievable shape, right? Like people who God bless them. They must eat yeah. really clean and they must work out six, seven days a week. And I give all, I, all the props in the world to those people. I do not ever plan on being one of them. I don't care <laughs> if I ever have a six pack. Like I, I, I'm sure I never will. The only six pack I'll ever have is one I buy at a convenience store. Like I, I just want to have like, you know, like a good, healthy body fat percentage. So I want to shave about 4% off. I'm good. But it's funny. You go in there. And there are people like chugging protein drinks, like as they're working out. And it's yeah. like, I don't know how, like God bless, not knocking it. I just don't know how anybody does it. Like this weekend, my two sister-in-laws are coming in actually on Sunday while I'm working. And it's a Christmas tradition with Steph. They will, they will bake cookies all day. They're going to bake like 200 cookies. Oh God. It's like, well, you know, if you don't want to have any, like I can, I'm like, Steph, let's, let's be honest. Let's just, Let's put the cards in the table. <laughs> I'm eating a dozen of them. Like, right. there's, there's no way. So she'll make like five different kinds. There is no way. I'm not at bare minimum having two of each kind. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it is what like you said. It is what it is. And, I'll, and you know what? They'll taste that much sweeter if the Chiefs beat the Broncos Sunday night. Yeah. Going to be a huge game. Huge game this week. Like right, we've got a lot of get, uh, to get to today, everybody, no. as we've been on hiatus. Um, Thank you for, for for checking in, everybody. What's up, Gonzo? What's up, Epic? What's up, our guy Christian? Um, uh, is that Jeff from Casey or Hefe? I don't know. I like I like Hefe. Hefe is good. Um, uh, just the guys out there, Williams out there. Appreciate you all in the chat. Got people from California. I'm sure our international folks will be coming in as they're getting the uh, the notification that we are live. Um, all right, so we're going to get into it. And, and really, what I wanted to start with was some listener reviews. You guys have been so great about leaving us reviews over at Apple Podcasts, written reviews. You know we're going to read them on the show. Um, and we had a rush of them right around Thanksgiving. So we're going to get to two of those. And a two-part, we got a two-parter today um, of listener reviews. We'll do one at the beginning and one at the end of this podcast. And uh, you know, if you keep them coming like this, we're just going to have to put out a bonus episode where we just do a mailbag, which we've kind of always wanted to do. So, so that would be awesome. So we're going to get into it. First one, super simple from our guy, 8347DJDIDBEK from November 21st. The best, easily the best Chiefs podcast, all things considered. Appreciate that. Very kind words. Um, next one comes from our guy, Clint McKenzie. It's no exaggeration to say I look forward to each and every episode. They are very often literally making my day, and I'm truly grateful for that. Thank you all. A Chiefs question for you guys. Would you rather get trucked by in his prime Willie Lanier or be forced to wash Dave Tobe's short shorts in perpetuity? Inquiring minds want to know. Thanks, Clint. Verderam, I'll let you field this one. <laughs> uh, I got to go with the, with the Tobe situation, which I'm not happy about. But Willie Lanier's nickname was Contact. Yeah. And he actually, you know, I'm sure most Chief fans are 
familiar, but he had like a on his helmet a little uh, extra padding on the middle section because he had had an injury when he was younger because he hit guys so damn hard. I'm taking the short shorts. I am not getting yeah. trucked by a guy whose nickname was Contact in an era <laughs> where like the softest guy in the league was borderline mental. So yeah. I um I'll, I'll take the shorts and I'll I'll, I'll handle the uh, the the emotional strife that comes with it. You know, I'm I'm on the opposite side of this one. I want to get trucked by Willie Lanier. Oh, so I then you pass get, on early. Yeah, yeah. I may not get up, but I'll tell you what. It would be so cool to be able to get tr- to be able to say you got trucked by Willie Lanier and live to tell about it. In fact, you know, it, it might be the greatest accomplishment of my life. Be like, yeah, I stood there. I took one from You're Willie Lanier. Over. I've got back <laughs> problems for the rest of my life. But um, it would just be a. It would be, in my opinion, it would be an honor, sir. Uh, to be trucked. I will, I will quickly add, um, years ago, I wrote a story on the 69 Chiefs defense. It was a long form piece. And I interviewed him. And he's one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. I interviewed him and Bobby Bell and, and Len Dawson for the story. And Len, Len was great. Bobby Bell was was fantastic. But William Lanier was and, and is, A, the smartest person I've ever interviewed in any field, not just, I mean, just a brilliant individual. And two, just an awesome, uh, awesome, awesome guy. Also, want to say I met uh, real quick. I met Curly Culp in July. I went to a, a sports show, and he was there. Signed autographs. I had no idea how he was sick. Met him, and uh, nicest guy in the world. And uh, just wanted, to, you know, listen. I know I'm sure nobody's in here that knows him, but I just want to, you know, rest in peace to Curly. Sad, sad story, but lived a, lived a great life. Lived a, lived a fairly long one. Um, what an impact he made! And just wanted to, wanted to say that. Met him uh, only a handful of months ago, and just such a such a nice, warm guy. Yeah, absolutely. Our thoughts go out to to his family. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, nothing else to really say. Um, do you want to switch gears, Mike from Sweden? You're the man. So kind uh, and generous. Thank you. Uh, appreciate yes, thank that. You very helps much. us helps this show keep going. One hundred percent. So appreciate. It. We're glad you enjoy the show. And um, I, I might be coming to Sweden soon. My wife and I are looking at vacation destinations. Sweden's on the list. We're looking at Norway. We're looking at France. There's a lot of a lot of competition. So I'm gonna have to get out there and get some meatballs. Um, all right. So last one here, and 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 this one, this is one of my favorite reviews we've ever gotten. I sent this to Vertoram uh, earlier last week when it came in. Yep. Um, this one comes from our guy uh, Jacob Norcross from November 20th. Lifesavers. Matt and Patrick, you guys have probably saved my sanity more than I'd like to admit. Been in the ICU with my eight-week-old daughter for a little over a week now, and being able to listen to you and the podcast and even re-listen to older episodes have helped me more than you know, whether that be keeping me awake at night so my wife can sleep or giving me something to listen to throughout the day as sort of a distraction. I appreciate what you guys do and couldn't begin to thank you enough. Uh, Jacob, I know this, this review came in, um, you know, a few days ago with the holidays and everything. Um, we're thinking of you. We, we, uh, I, I hope, I hope everything's going okay with you and your family and your daughter. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very kind review. When we get things like this that come in, you know, it's, it's always a nice reminder. We're here, we're talking about sports. We're talking about the chiefs. It's fun. And we know that you all are out there and, and just like us, you're dealing with things in your life that you know nobody nobody knows about. We certainly don't know about. Right. And, uh, if this provides you any sort of comfort, any sort of entertainment, 
uh, throughout your day. It makes your life a little bit better. I know you guys make our lives better. It's fun to do this podcast for us. Um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, we're, we're thinking of you, uh, Jacob. Yeah, you know that um, that really was it was a, a very very kind review. Of course, it's such an like such a I don't know if important review is the right word I guess, but it's a, a touching touching review. Um, yeah. Obviously, as a lot of people know, you know it really um, you know it, it meant a lot. It, it, it was a little bit emotional. I you know I lost my son uh, in April to a stillbirth uh, as a result of an emergency surgery to save my wife and. Uh, you know, I know what it's like to sit in a hospital room and be helpless. And the worst feeling in the world is when you're sitting there and not only like, are you helpless, but your child is, is helpless and you can't do anything. And of course, in my case, I, I had the ultimate you know, finality of it. But luckily for Jacob, um, that wasn't the case. And by the way, I really hope he wouldn't mind me sharing this, but uh, he and his daughter are back home. So, oh, uh, yeah, great news. So, yeah. Um, I'll leave it at that. I won't, I won't go into it, but I, I, I did, uh, just want to share that for, you know, I know, I know people care about each other and, uh, they are back home. So it's, uh, it's great news, but yeah, listen, I think, you know, I, sometimes I definitely think to myself, like, why does it, you know, why do we care as much about sports as we do? Like, hell, I, I mean, I work in it and I think about that all the time, but I think a lot of times because of community, like, because yeah. you share it with, with somebody else or other, you know, like, Sports, there's a – we can move on. We can get to the Chiefs because we've got a lot to talk about. But there's, there was a, a line in an in a NFL Films video from years ago where Art Modell, the former Browns and then Ravens owner, said professional football is the greatest social common denominator the world's ever known. Mm-hmm. And it really is – like when you think about it, it's really true. Um, and so it's, it's so fun to get to meet people, to get to know people, find out their stories – and, and a lot of times, too, like, you know, find out, um, you know, about different viewpoints on, on a lot of things. And maybe your viewpoint changes just a little bit, you know, because you go, all right, you know, maybe I didn't think about something that way and, and whatnot. So um, definitely community is great. I appreciate everybody reaching out with, with their uh, with their reviews. That's awesome. And, uh, and I see some people in chat. Hey, listen, I'm. I'm happy. I'm fine. But uh, yeah, definitely. It was a rough time. And, uh, you know, but you you live with that because that's part of life. But anyway, look, I'm happy. Uh, everything's uh, going going all Jacob and his family. And I'm really happy that we could provide a distraction in those uh, in those tough times. Yeah. Sending sending all the love out to, to Jacob and his family. All right, let's get into the AFC playoff race let's here. Just let's, you know, there's been games have been played. The Chiefs were on a bye week. So we got to we got to find out, you know, what's what's going on, what's happening out there. How have things changed since the last time the Chiefs played? And, you know, everything didn't go the Chiefs way during the bye week in the AFC, but it was pretty darn close to everything going their yes. way. They could have used they could have used uh, the, the, if the Browns could have managed to score a dang touchdown. Uh, and beat the Ravens, that would have helped the Chiefs out even more. But as it stands, everybody, the Chiefs went into the bye week alone in first place in the AFC West, and they emerged from the bye week alone in first place in the AFC West. They are seven and four. Everyone else is six and five, and they have all but one of their division games left to play. Uh, yep. What was your take on the on the bye week uh, and how that shook out for the Chiefs? Program? I think for the Chiefs, look, the, the, the biggest – the, the biggest result was the Chargers losing. You know, that was a game where they were favored on the road in Denver. Denver's coming off the bye. The Chargers going in there. 
Um, I think it was two and a half, three point favorite, and the Chargers got walloped. I sat there and watched that game. That game, yeah, that game was really never close. I mean, I, I think if Drew Locke doesn't come in for a quarter and throw one of the dumbest picks you've ever seen, that game's even worse. Like the, the Broncos were really taking it to them. And look, the one thing with the Chargers, the defense stinks. And you saw it in that game. Like the Broncos do not have a very powerful offense. And they kept going up and down the field. But beyond that result, which I thought, again, was was key, um, you know, the, the, the Pats beat the Titans. So now both of those teams have four losses. The Pats schedule coming up over the next three – oh, actually, over the next four, except the buy in there is pretty tough. They have the Bills twice or at Indianapolis. Um, Tennessee is a buy this week. So the Chiefs, even though I know they have to get ahead of them because they, they, they lose the head-to-head breaker, they, they could pull even with them this week with a win. Um, a lot of it went their way. They, I think the Chiefs yeah. would have loved if Baltimore lost, but I saw Gonzo saying in here, you know, the, the, the Ravens are a fraud. <laughs> I, I agree with them. I completely agree with them. Like, I, I mean, the Ravens, how many times now are they going to win these games where they look, frankly, like total crap? For four quarters. Yeah. Total crap. And yet they find some weird way to win. I mean, I give them credit for winning, but I I think you'll look at it and go, yeah, if the Chiefs play well, it'll be fine. You know, so um I, oh, I think and they, they have I, a brutal schedule the rest of the way. Uh, I mean horrid, yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I, I took like I got almost like a little bit of heat. Like before the Chiefs play Dallas, I said if they win that game, I think they're gonna run the table. And I do. And, I, and I, if they do that, by the way, they're, they're going to be the one seed. Like, I get they need some teams to lose here. That, that will happen. Um, yeah. I think it's just in a great position. I really do. Yeah. Now now it's on them to take care of business against teams they should be taking care of business against. And this week, they're right. a 10-point favorite. Next week against the Raiders, the early line, they're a 10-point favorite. You have to hammer those teams. You have to beat yeah. those teams. And now, now it's on them. Ball's in their court. Yeah, the Chiefs can't afford any more sloppy football to to help achieve their goals, and and the fact right. that that one seed is in reach is so important. We we know now you you only have the one team getting the bye, so if the Chiefs are able to, to to nab that, it allows guys to get healthy. Obviously, you get the home field advantage. All of those things are really important, uh, and of course, you have to win one fewer game to to, to get to the Super Bowl. Right. The Chiefs are still the four seed. Ravens are the one at eight and three, and then you and it's just a kind of a bottleneck from there. The Patriots. Um, are the are the two? They're eight and three. The Titans uh, are at three. They're eight and four, and then it's just it's the the Bengals seven and four, Bills seven and four, Chargers six and five. There's a bunch of teams clustered together there, and uh, you know the Chiefs are look their AFC record is not good. They're not no. in a good position for 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 tiebreakers. They lost to many of the contenders, right? They lost to the Bills. They've lost to the Chargers. They lost to the Ravens. So if they end up with the same record as these teams, they're going to lose the head to head. So the Chiefs really kind of do need to run the table or maybe only lose one more game, and they've got an opportunity. Look, they can just put the AFC West to bet. They're, they're playing all these teams. You know, they've got that one-game lead on the Chargers, which is great because then if they can go and beat the Chargers, they knock the Chargers down a peg, that pretty much r- removes them from the conversation. So this is just a huge and crucial stretch for the Chiefs. They couldn't – I mean, they could be in better position, but not too much better of a position well, based on the way things have shaken out. Look, I, I know it's just corny, but I was thinking about this. So there's the famous 12 days of Christmas, right? Like, And as someone who just lives for Christmas, I'm, <laughs> I'm all for it. Um, starting on Sunday, the Chiefs play three divisional games in 12 days. Right, Broncos at home, Raiders at home, at the Chargers. These are twelve days of the Chiefs' season, right there. Right, yep. like that. I mean, 
if they win those three games, maybe not mathematically, the division's over. The division's right. over. They're not. They're, they they would have to just absolutely fall apart not to win the division. Um, if they lose any of those games, the division remains wide open. So this is where you've got to come through and handle these games. You have to come through and you have to find a way to just knock down these games one at a time. You know, listen, this week it's about Denver. Can't worry about anybody else. And, and, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of watch the scoreboard. That, to me, is part of the fun as a fan, right? Like, you can watch all these games and say, oh, this team's losing. I can't believe it. Or, hey, wow, like, we really need yeah. this game to go this way. And you tune in. I mean, to me, that's part of it. I know on Sunday, I'm going to be sitting there watching Bengals Chargers at 1 o'clock. And then I'm going to be watching Steelers Ravens at 4 o'clock. And obviously, a Chiefs game, which we'll be on right afterward. And I'll be on during halftime as well. But, like, that's – the fun in this, like this is my favorite time of football season because yeah. it's just you're coming down the stretch and the games are important and everything matters. And I love watching winter games at Arrowhead. It's going to be cold and it, there's something about it. And I think for the Chiefs, these next, you know, starting on Sunday, those, these next 12 days, this is this is it. Like if they win those three games, they will have essentially won the division. And then you start looking around and going, all right, where are we at in the conference? You know, right. at that point, if you do it, you're 10 and four. Like, where are you at? Do you need anybody else to lose? Are you in a position where you win your last three, you're the one seat? Like, they would be in tremendous shape, and it's just one at a time. And I, I think really uh, the, the Chiefs should feel very good about where they're at. They've gotten a lot of help, but teams are losing. They've also bailed themselves out by winning some key games. They're coming out of the bye. They're, they're, they're seemingly very healthy. Lucas Nang's back at practice. Rashad Fenton dealing with a sprained knee, but maybe plays this week. We'll see. But luckily, nothing horrible there. Um, so feeling good about where they're going. This is a big game against Denver. As weird as it sounds, if they lose this game, they're behind Denver. Like, you have to <laughs> yeah. win this game. Have right, to win. Right. Can't. You're at home. So, and let's let's get into, into this game. So, um, let me find my outline here. Okay, yeah. So uh, the Chiefs, as you mentioned, nine and a half point favorites according to DraftKings right now. Interesting yep. over under in this game. It's only forty seven point five. Um, they're they're expecting maybe a little bit of a defensive battle. Still a relatively high total, but when you consider that the Chiefs could go out and put up thirty points in any given game, um, you look right. at that and you say, okay, all right, like you know, it could could it be around fifty? Um, th- th- this is going to be a really interesting game. Checking in. Um, on the injury report, as you mentioned, uh, Fenton did not practice. Tyree Hill didn't practice on Wednesday. It was a personal reason, uh, non-injury related. Same with McCole Hardman. Uh, it says non-injury related other. Uh, do you know what that means, Verderam? Have you heard? I don't, but I can tell you this. I, I can say this. and I, I could have reported this, but I just did um, They are expected to practice today. I, I was told that by a source yesterday that, that it's not expected to be a multi-day absence. So um, unless, unless something changes – uh, or, or change between last night and this morning. The expectation is that both Hardman and Hill will will be in practice. That's great. Have you heard anything on Lucas Niang? Now he's been out. He was limited. He's got this rib injury. Do you think we'll see him play this weekend? Uh, you know what? I haven't checked in on him. Um, I I don't know. Uh, as I reported, oh my God, I'm losing my mind now. As I reported Tuesday, I. Uh, Kyle Long was activated off of injury reserve, which is the last they could have activated him. Um, 
And uh, so he's he's back now. Now I, I don't expect him to be like playing on Sunday, but he's he's active. Um, I know I reported the last Monday right after the Cowboys game. Rashad Fenton is expected to be fine. Obviously, that's that's borne out by the fact that you know, he's not on IR or anything. He's he's just a day to day at this point with the sprained knee. So we'll see what happens with him. Um, yeah. But the expectation is that that he you know he. Could play this weekend. If not, hopefully, hopefully by next weekend. So, I don't know with Niang. I don't know about that. I'm not sure where that's headed. Um, I'll have to I'll have to check in and do a little work there. Yeah, we'd love to see him back out there. And with Kyle Long, look, I mean, he was full participant participant in practice. Hadn't played for a very long time. Then dealt with this injury. This isn't a guy as as talented as he is. You know, you, you don't want him out there right now. But he's a good depth option for the Chiefs. And they need to get him back in shape here now that he's back with the team. And we saw last year, you never know what's going to happen. AFC Championship game, you lose Eric Fisher. And then all of a sudden, boy, boy would you have liked to have had Kyle Long on the team last year um, going into oh, that yeah. Super Bowl. Yes. So, you know, um, it was a good signing. And that was really, I mean, you know, they signed him with the thinking that he might end up starting. Um, and, and so the fact that, that Yang has played well, you know, Rivers is able to step in. Um, Chiefs are in pretty good shape along the offensive line. And generally – very healthy. I mean, nobody's nobody's really too banged up. Um, the Broncos, on the other hand, have a boy. They've got a long injury list. Melvin Gordon's not practicing. Um, it does sound like they're going to have Teddy Bridgewater. If you were following along, um, yep. he had like a some kind of shin bruise or something like that. Um, we're thinking we were going to get Drew Locke, which I was really hoping for because he's an interception machine. But he's not uh, looks good. like, he's looks not like good. yeah, and, and he's you know he's not really mobile. Teddy Bridgewater can run on you a little bit. He'll take off. We saw that last year when the Chiefs played Carolina. So you know a little bit. He, look, you never want to go up against a quarterback that can extend drives. Period. It's not like Teddy Bridgewater's Joe Montana out there. But the fact that you could get a good pass rush and he's athletic enough to go out there and make something happen and extend a drive that worries you a little bit. Um, but let's get into the the, the, the primary game here. Um, Chiefs offense versus the Denver defense. Defense stole the strength of the Denver Broncos. They've done a really nice job this year, despite um, you know losing some players. But it's the secondary, right? The secondary is is the strength of this team. How do you expect Verter and the Chiefs to come out and attack the Broncos defense? So Denver, as you said, excuse me, uh, Denver has a pretty good defense, but it's not. It's not overwhelming. I mean, if you look at Denver, they rank 20th, uh, tied for 15th. There's a lot of teams in this group for yards per play. So they're pretty average in that regard. Excuse me. Uh, If you you look at them, they're a defense that Bradley Chubb is a really good player. He's been injured most of the year now. He's back. That's a guy you're going to have to watch for. He's an excellent player. Um, I, I think, you know, he's somebody in that front seven who can really disrupt the game. They don't have Von Miller anymore, so this is not a team that overwhelms you up front. Uh, Shelby Harris is a good player. I mean, right now they rank 10th in pressure rate as a team. By the way, in case you're wondering, the Chiefs are 5th. Denver is a team that blitzes. They rank ninth most in terms of blitz percentage. I do not think they're going to blitz Kansas City in this game. It would be crazy to do that. Um, But they're – listen – I think the strength of their teams are secondary. They're very good. They've only given up a little over 1,150 yards after catch. It sounds like a lot, but it's seventh best in the NFL. Um, they're a team that you're going to have to be able to have a balanced attack against. I think you need to be able to run the ball. 
You need to be able to get in second and mediums, third and shorts, keep them off balance. Because if they can just tee off, it's a problem. I mean, that 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 is where – not that they have a great pass rush, but if you allow them to get in a position where they can just pin their ears back and come after you, you have a problem. So, look, Denver's defense to me is one that the Chiefs are going to have to be smart with. It can't just be, hey, we're just going to go after the corners all day. Sertan is a rookie. He's a great young player. Uh, the rest of their corners range from from solid to you can get after them a little bit. They have good safeties. Justin Simmons is an excellent player. And then also, uh, and lastly here, on third down this year on defense, Denver, uh, they, they are they are bad on third down. They are 28th in the league in third down percentage. They are not good, so the Chiefs should be able to have some success there. Uh, in the red zone, Denver's 10th. So better there. But on third down, that's a, that's a spot where maybe the Chiefs can really cause some problems and win some games. Yeah, and if you all out there, uh, by the way, I forgot to mention this earlier. If, you, if you're watching on YouTube, if you could hit that thumbs up button for us, help more people get in here and enjoy the show. We'd appreciate it. We like to try to get a one-to-one. If you're watching and you can hit that thumbs up, we appreciate it. All right. Um, yeah, and look, the thing about Denver, yeah, they've won um, – Jeez, uh, five games, yeah, right? Uh, six, no, six, six, six. Yeah, yeah, six games. Um, they haven't, they haven't exactly played murderers row on the schedule front early in the season. You may remember they were atop the division. They were three and zero. They started off. Boy, I wish the Chiefs had the schedule early. The, the, the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets Huge. Um, just was great, and then. Then they lost four in a row. They lost to Pittsburgh. They lost to Vegas. They lost to the Browns. They lost to Washington. Uh, sorry, uh, lost to the Browns, Vegas, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Then they beat Washington. Then they they shellacked the Cowboys. Boy, the Cowboys are just in a tailspin right now. Uh, it's not not going out uh, well in Big D. Um, and then they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, thirty to thirteen before coming back and beating the Chargers 28 to 13. And the Chargers are struggling a little bit right now too. It seems like some teams early were looking good are going through their struggles this season that the Chiefs went through earlier this season. So teams figured them out. They've got to make some adjustments. Um, so hopefully the Chiefs are getting hot at the right time. But when it comes to Denver and attacking them on offense, look, I think this one's pretty simple, right? The, the Chiefs have a, a much more talented team. They have a much better quarterback, a better coach. They they have weapons all over the place on offense, but they haven't played their best game yet this season. The closest game that they've had to, to playing their best football would have to be the Vegas game, right? Um, but then even the, even the win against the Cowboys, offense was a little sluggish. Now Dallas does have a good defense. This is really a great opportunity for the Chiefs to come in. You're coming off the bye week. Andy Reid's had time to, to get ready for this game. We all know he's legendary after right. the bye. And just come out and and just uh, – I don't want to say make it easy because there's no easy games in the NFL, but hang 30. Hang 33 on these guys and make it easy on the Chiefs defense against a really subpar uh, Broncos offense. Would you agree? I would. And uh, Jacob pops in. Uh, we read his view earlier. Are you worried about Denver's ability to stay in their base defense and how well some of their secondary players are able to fill run lines? It's a good question. Um I'm not worried about their ability to stay in their base because Kansas City is just going to spread, you know, like they always do with three receivers. And then you have Kelsey, who's basically a fourth wide receiver. So I do think they'll get them out of that. Um, Yes, look, like I said earlier, the safeties are really good. So if they know it's a rundown, if they want to try to run blitz, they can do that. Um, That's something they do have the capability to get done with. 
uh, I, I or get it done with, I should say. Look, I I think though defensively for Denver, and then I'll get to the air side, but I think this really comes down to they're going to have to force turnovers in this game. Now, the problem with, is for the Chiefs, yeah. they turn the ball over all the time. So that's a concern. I do not see an avenue for Denver winning this game if the Chiefs don't turn the ball over. Like, that's point by. Now, to get to the nitty-gritty on the other side of things, when the Chiefs are on defense, look, Denver does not have a very good offensive line. Denver does not have a quarterback who's extremely mobile. They do not have a guy who's going to really challenge you down the field very often. Like, this is a game where I would – and I actually think Denver's receivers are a lot better than people think. Like, Tim Patrick's a good player. Jerry Judy's a good player. Cortland Sutton's an excellent player. They have good, the tight ends. No fan, he's okay, but like they, they have three good wideouts. Okay, their running backs are fine. They have two guys over 500 yards. Just no other team in the league has. But they're lying in the quarterback of the weak spots. And obviously, let's face it: if you're weak there, you're weak offensively. I think if you're the Chiefs, yeah. you play a lot of man in this game. You make Bridgewater throw into tight windows, and I would also say this is the game. I would go after Bridgewater. Like, if you get them in second and long, and third and long, I would speed him up. They are not good on third down. They're one of the worst teams on offense and on defense third down-wise. Like, that is the down if I'm Spagnuolo where I'm like, all right, look, I'm not worried about him beating me over the top. I'm going to press these guys underneath. We're going to come after him. We're going to play aggressively. And I think the Chiefs will be fine. I really do. But I think – this is a game where I don't want to be in a soft zone. I don't want to be sitting back. Their their offense is not potent enough that if I'm Spagnuolo, I'm thinking about sitting back. So I'd be very, very aggressive. And AC, by the way, see the super chat. Thank you very, very much. That is man. awesome. Yeah. Really, really appreciate, appreciate you, man. AC. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Get get after them. Like, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, this is a, this is a, the Chiefs just have the advantages here. They have the advantage on offense, and they have the, they have the advantage on defense. Um, as you mentioned, I think the the Broncos have a, a number of, of really talented skill players, but they don't have a quarterback. No. This no. is their problem, right? If you if you drop Justin Herbert on this team tomorrow, I'm I'm worried about this game. They're good, right? Um, but they don't have the quarterback, so this is a game where the Chiefs. The running backs, they got the young running back, and of course Melvin Gordon, who's a little banged up. He's a touchdown machine, so I would try to again the same same thing I said last week about the Cowboys. Try to avoid letting these guys get in the red zone if you can, um, because that makes things a little bit easier on them. They can run the football a little bit, and they can. And Melvin Gordon, like I said, just the, the guy just finds the end zone. He just he always has. Uh, it's a, a great. Talent. I'd also say this: this is the kind of game for the Chiefs, and this is this is kind of a stupid piece of analysis. It's obvious. If you can get up early on them, you can really take the starch out of any game plan they have. They are not yep. built to come from behind. They're not. Like this is it. The Chargers, the biggest mistake they made in that game, they got behind 14-0 immediately. And it allowed Denver to play the way they want to play. And by the way, the Chargers still almost came back in that game until Herbert threw two picks and ended the game. Okay. Again, turnovers in this game will kill the Chiefs. Will kill them. That's a hilarious prediction by Gaming Bros. If that happens, they win. Um, also, everyone in Denver's fired. Uh, nine nine sacks. <laughs> um, but this is a game where if Kansas City gets up 14-3, yeah, anything's possible. Denver's in a lot of trouble if that happens. They are just not equipped yeah. 
to have Bridgewater throw the ball 40, 45 times. That's not how they want to play. They want to be able to run yep. the ball, stay ahead of the sticks. That That's their their mode of, of trying to find a way to win a game. If you're the Chiefs, if you can get up, like if, if anything, if I'm Andy, anything that I have that I think we can really hit him with, like I'm going full tilt early in the game. Because if I can get up by two yeah. scores, I, especially the way the defense has played lately, I feel very good. I do not think this is a game where Denver is going to be down 10, 12, 14 points and all of a sudden come roaring back. I, I just don't see that. To me, this game is one on third down for the Chiefs where they're much better on both sides of the ball than Denver is. And I think it comes down to not turning the football over. This this has like this is an example of a game where if it's third and eight for the Chiefs and Mahomes doesn't have anybody, throw it away and punt. You cannot yep. throw a pick or fumble the ball like let your defense win the game. It's fine. If the Chiefs play the way they've been playing defensively, Denver's not cracking 20 points. Like, don't you – know, and by the way, the Chargers' defense stinks. And if you take the pick six out, which was a ball on right to Eckler's hands and hit Sertan in the face, they'd score 21 points. Like, they're not a good offense. This is a game where if you're the Chiefs, you cannot hand them points. And if that happens, I think the Chiefs would be just fine. Yeah, don't be your own worst enemy. Uh, right. it, it, we also have to look at the drops. Kelsey's been having a hard time with drops. Hill's been having a hard time with drops this year. L- hopefully the 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 rest, a refocus, some new wrinkles from Andy, some new focuses after the bye week. The Chiefs come out, then that, that's what I'm really looking for, is I'm looking for, for them to look sharp on offense. They haven't been particularly sharp on offense all season long, but now everybody's back, everybody's healthy. You got Clyde back, and I think that's that's the other thing too. I really want to see them continue to lean on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You drafted him in the first round. We saw we saw flashes of right. it against the Cowboys, right? They, they actually threw him the ball a couple of times. What a concept. He was good at that at LSU, you know? And, 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 you know, some of that comes down to Pat being able to just take the check down. Take, hey, take the easy six yards. Take it. It's probably going to be there. And, if, and, and then when they blitz, and their Their linebackers are not good in coverage. Like that is, but Kelsey's had a field day his entire career against Denver. He's always killed them. Their linebackers can't cover. Like somebody mentioned it earlier in the chat, Kenny Young is one of their key players, and you're right. But against the pass, he's one of the worst linebackers in football. Like the Chiefs should target him constantly if he's in coverage. Constantly. Yeah. I mean, yep. to me, that that's where you just, you have to attack them on that second level. The corners are good. The safeties are good. Although some of the corners can be beat, but I think that's where I am just I'm going to Kelsey throughout this game. Kelsey should have no problem getting open. None. And I really just believe this is a game where look, let's let's be honest. Okay. Could they lose this game? Sure. They could lose any any team could lose any game. And uh, Clint, uh what wow, thank you, man. That is uh Whoa, that Clint. is incredibly generous. <laughs> um, really, yeah, really yeah. appreciate it. That is awesome, dude. Wow. Um, you're the man. As always, we always say you should be the PR guy of the podcast, and, and uh, you're, you're backing it up in big ways. Um, listen. Yeah, I, indeed. I, I just – I really think this is a game where the only way they're losing this game is if they just hand this game to Denver. Like, and that's not enough. Like, I'm not trying to, like, crap on the Broncos or anything. We've all been there as Chief fans earlier in our lives when we've been fans of a team where they, you know, the Chiefs just weren't as good as in our team, to be honest. 
And you, you knew, yeah. like, the only way they're going to win this game is if they play their best and that other team makes some mistakes, right? This is that – like, Denver's not a horrible team. They're about an average team. But if Kansas City plays well, they play a B game or better, they're winning. They're winning the game. I mean, it's on them. And that's true, by the way, in the next couple of weeks. I wanted to ask you, before we get to our keys of the game here, um, I'm just curious – who are your most like? Which Broncos players did you hate the oh, most? Oh my god! I mean, you got to keep in mind I grew up <laughs> in the '90s, so like my dad right. has a visceral hatred of the Raiders, which is a Chiefs fan, like you're always supposed to, of course. But I grew up as a, like I, the Raiders to me were just whatever. Marty used to just kill them every time, so I I, I hated the Broncos, I hated them. I easily, easily, easily hated Elway the most. Hated him. Yeah. Um, could you know, wanted wanted him to lose, wanted to lose in the worst way, right? See my my guy Stacy you know, jumping in there. The Shannon Sharp, great call. He was in. I hated him, right? I'll give you a funny story though. I couldn't stand Steve Atwater. Like even like I loved his style of play, but because he was such a hard hitter, obviously that famous head in the choir, I hated him. Yeah. A couple of years ago, yeah. I'm sitting down at a bar in Alabama in Mobile. I was there for the Senior Bowl. Oh, senior Bowl, yeah. And for anyone who's not familiar with the Senior Bowl, it's all the, all the top senior players were going to the NFL drafts, and so all the teams are down there. And so I'm down there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm having a beer. And this guy comes over, like, standing next to me, kind of half sits down to order a beer. And it's Steve Atwater because he works for the team now. And we had, a, we had a conversation for about 10 minutes. Nicest guy. Like, really enjoyed his company. And I, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I got to be honest. I was like, I grew up a Chiefs fan. I couldn't stand you when you played. But you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. You were a great player. So, yeah, thanks, man. You know, I'll tell you one thing, man. Shake your, shake your hand. You can break your hand. He, his hands are huge. I'm glad that he got in the Hall of Fame because yeah. he deserves it. But, man, yeah. as a kid that I hate Steve Howard. <laughs> I hated that team so much. Um, but they were, they were great. That's so why I hated them. Yeah, you know, they like these guys look our our division rivals. They, you know, we we have to hate them because they're, you know, they play for the play for the bad guys. But, you know, you meet some of these people, not all of them, but you meet some of these people. They're good guys. Like, uh, you know, I I was listening to the Tuesday show with with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes and they were talking. I think Sterling was talking about Derek Carr and he's like, Derek Carr seems like a nice guy. Uh, But then he said he looks like he looks like a guy who would be in Papa Roach. (laughs) Uh, which is, is hilarious, but it, he does seem like he does seem like a nice spot. Justin Herbert seems like a nice kid, you know. When they're on the field playing the Chiefs, the hell with them. For me, Shannon Sharp, man, I hated Shannon Sharp so much, uh, especially because you know he's kind of like everybody was saying he was so great, and we had Tony Gonzalez, and I was like, man, screw that guy. We've got the best tight end in the league. Um, obviously, Elway, um, a yep. lot of hatred there. Um, that didn't like John Lynch when he was over in, in, in Denver either. Um, so, you know, just a few, just a few to pull out of the air there, but, um, yeah, for me too, I'm a little bit older than you, but we grew up around the same time. Marty ball pretty much dominated the Raiders during that period. Um, and so it was always, it was always the chart, the, the Broncos for me were the ones that, um, that, that oh, I just couldn't is, stand. It is most, day. Probably, like, and, and it was mentioned earlier that she's haven't lost to the Broncos since 2015, which is true, which is, Beautiful thing. I mean, we're talking the Obama administration, yeah, okay? Um, yeah. Every time the Chiefs go into Denver, I get a little more amped up. Because that game as a kid, that mm-hmm. game was always just – it was so hard to beat them there. 
was so difficult to yeah. win at a mile high. And you always yeah. knew as a Chiefs fan as a kid, like, that's the game. Like, that's the hardest game. I mean, my, until until the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And I, I, I'm sure a lot of you out there in the chat remember this one. And by the way, Stacey, that's awesome. Yeah, Rod Smith, you're, you're right, man. Yeah, Romanowski, oh, that's Romanowski, a good call. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, yeah, yeah. Fucking Bill Romanowski. Um, but, yeah, what, what, a, what a clown. But anyway, listen, I will say this. My two favorite games as a kid, other, other than the playoffs, um, were the Chiefs beating Denver in 94 on Monday Night Football, Montana and Elway, the Chiefs winning late. I still have that game on a VHS tape somewhere. My dad recorded it when it, when it happened. That's one of my favorite games of all time. And then in 97, when Stojanovic hit a 55-yard field goal to beat him at the gun. Yes. That game I remember that remains one, too. one yep. of my favorite all-time Chiefs games. I, I used to watch all the games with my dad when I was a kid. And for whatever reason, he was traveling that day. He was going down to do a job down in Maryland. I, I grew up in New York, obviously. And I remember I was watching that game with my mom. My mom didn't care. Like, yeah, she was rooting for the Chiefs because I was, but like doesn't care really. And I remember watching that on an old TV that was like kind of shaped like a piece of furniture, you know, like it had like a tabletop. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember yeah. Dick Emberg calling the game and that, that kick, you know, it was so low. It was in the line. It's like, it, you know, it's high enough. It is good. And I, I remember like there wasn't high def. So, like, you saw the ball going toward the right. crossbar, and I couldn't tell as a kid. That I'm was like, all you knew. Is it good? Yeah. And, like, the, the only reason I knew it was good was Casey Wolf was right under the crossbar, and he just went nuts. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, right. they won. You know, like, it was, like, one of, my, right. one of the great days as a Chief fan as a kid. Those two games, I always love yeah. That kick is burning in my memory, too. Yeah, you always had to look to, is Casey Wolf banging his head right. off the goalpost, or is he celebrating? Um, he would either bang and set up the goalposts or just fall yeah. over. Um, yeah, yeah, those were those were the days. All right, let's get into our keys right. of the game here. Appreciate you all out there, by the way. If you can hit a thumbs up on that YouTube video, you guys are so generous. You're so kind with with, with everything. Super chats with your with your yeah. reviews. Appreciate you. Um, all right, keys to the game. I'm going to kick us off on this one, and I think it's really simple. It's don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. That's my key to the game. If the Chiefs don't turn the ball over. Uh, and they execute on offense, they're winning this game. The, the the Chiefs defense, the way they've been playing, they would have to have a complete meltdown to get run over by the Broncos. Um, so that I think they're trending in the right direction. They're healthy. Chris Jones is back inside. Could be a big Chris Jones game. Um, I put money on him at your, at your encouragement earlier in the season for a potential Chris Jones defensive player of the year. And that's a little bit of a long shot now. But the odds are pretty good then, and now he's he's starting to heat up a little bit. He's got a few games here to to make a run at it if he can start racking up three or four sacks a game. So um, I'm looking for a big Chris Jones game as well. How about Absolutely. you? Absolutely. So uh, Graham Glasgow, who's a, a very good guard for Denver, uh, he got hurt earlier this year. He's out for the year. Like the Chiefs should be able to dominate on the interior. They are not good inside. Lloyd Cushenberry, center. He's a below-average player. Uh, I'm not trying to you know, knock the kid personally, but it just is what it is. They're not good inside. The, the Chiefs should be able to dominate up front in this game, okay, which leads to my keys of the game here. So I have three of them. One, you already hit on Patrick. I won't even say any more. I already said it as well. Like, you can't beat yourselves in this game. 
You just can't. I think that alone they win the game. The other two, yep. up front, Kansas City should win in the trenches on both sides of the ball, especially when they're on defense. You've got to be able to handle the line of scrimmage in this game. There's no reason not to be able to do it. Bridgewater's a guy. He's a little hard to sack in the sense he gets rid of the ball quick, but he's not a guy who's going to run around and get out of sacks. I mean, he he's pretty much where he is. His feet are where they are. He's not going to be taken off. The other one, okay, so you've got win the trenches. You've got don't beat yourselves, don't turn the ball over. I mentioned it earlier, third down. Third down. Denver is not good on either side of the ball on third down. The Chiefs just have to do an adequate job. They don't have to be unbelievable, but just do an adequate job. You know, offensively, be around 40%, 50%. Defensively, around that same number. Um, you know, oh, I should say defense a little higher now. I'm sorry. Uh, defensively, like giving up maybe like 40% at work. Like, you know, be around 60% defensively in terms of success rate. If the Chiefs do that, they're going to win this game. Like, I, I don't want to overlook Denver. Look, Denver's not Detroit. They're not Jackson. Like, Denver's 6-5. and five. Denver, they don't have a ton of great wins, but they beat Dallas and beat the Chargers two of the last three weeks. I mean, you have to respect that. Yeah. And as much as I don't think they're a playoff contender, the, the players are going to be like, look, we win this game, we're ahead of Kansas City. They're going to come out with everything they've got. But in the end, yeah. if the Chiefs match that intensity, and they better, they're off a bye, they're at home, and they know what's at stake, like – Players love to say, oh, you know, we don't scoreboard watch. That's the biggest crock of shit on the face of the earth. Those guys, you remember when the Chiefs did Super Bowl year, when they were playing the Chargers the last week of the year, and if New England yeah, lost up yeah. to Miami, the Chiefs would get a bye? The players knew as quick it's as magic. the fans did. Yep. The play, there's video of it. They're walking around. They're talking about who won, who won. <clears throat> this game and the next two after it are the Chiefs' season. If they win these games, now look, I think they're going to make the playoffs unless they totally fall apart. But if they win these three games, they're going to win this division. They're going to have a very good shot, a very, very, very good shot of being a number one seed. It starts here. And it starts with a game that let's just call it what it is. I always try to look at it this way. If you weren't a Chiefs fan, you were just a a Packers fan. And you're looking at this game, you'd be like, yeah, the Chiefs should kill them. Like, they should. They should win this game. Yeah, Denver is not a bad team, uh, but they're not as good as the Chiefs, and that is what it is. Um, all right, it's time we're gonna we're gonna get in just a minute. We're gonna let you know our final score predictions for this game, but we've got to get because you guys are awesome to listener reviews part two. Um, so uh, uh, let's let's just get into it. Um, hands down, the most fun Chiefs rant cast out there by our guy Cheeto Freak. The guys have been on my go to podcast for Chiefs football for over a year now. And with less time, they're basically my only sports podcast. They always have some fun. Verderham blows off enough steam for the entire Chiefs kingdom. Patrick provides the memes. And Connor and Holmes provide excellent analysis on the off days. The live streams are a lot of fun, too, if you can make it to them. As a question, Frank Clark has finally come alive halfway through the season. Early in the season, he was playing so bad that many of us wanted to cut him and just eat the cap or nail him to the bench. If he keeps playing like this, do you think the Chiefs will try to hammer out more, a more palatable extension with him or cut ties and cut ties with him and just eat the cap? Thanks, guys, and keep up the great entertainment. Um, I'll, 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 I'll take the initial one on this one. I don't – I think Frank Clark's done in Kansas City. I, I just I, – you know, I know he's playing better right now, 
but he's been a little bit streaky. Now, to be fair to Frank, he was injured a little bit, but it's a big number. You've got some of the off-field issues that are concerns, and the Chiefs have a lot of people they need to pay, right? They need to pay Orlando yep. Brown. They need, you know, uh, they've got other Tyron contracts Matthew. coming up. So, right, Tyron Matthew, right? And I think if you're looking at the team, obviously you need to have a pass rush. The Chiefs need to get young pass rushers in there. They just do. They can't. They've got Chris Jones. He can't afford to be paying Frank Clark all of that money. They're just not going to be able to. They have to get a little bit younger. So I would look for Brett Veach to make some shrewd moves. Maybe maybe some of these young guys can come along. But I think this is this is the last ride for Frank. And I I agree. And and listen. I thought you nailed it, man. I mean, hell, the first six, seven weeks of the year, I was screaming that. I mean, I was as loud as anybody talking about the fact that I think he stinks and and he at this point he needs to be sat. Now, maybe he's gotten healthier, whatever it's been. I always try to be fair. I'm not ever going to be this person who just sticks to a narrative. Like, look, he's played a lot better. He deserves a lot of praise. He's come out. And I will say this for Frank Clark. When he's that emotional leader, that transforms that defense. He brings an attitude to them that I think only Tyron Matthew brings alongside. Chris Jones to an extent, but Clark is a different animal with that kind of stuff. I agree. I think he's gone after this year. I just think it's going to be too tough to bring him back. The only way I could see it is if Clark just says, look, I want to be here. I'm willing to take an extension where my cap number gets knocked down by a lot. And, and yeah. you know, that, but that's rare. That's rare. It would it would take it would take something to me where they extend him and they just knock those numbers way down to you know 10, 12 a year. Would he take that? Most guys don't like they see it as a slight, and I get that. But let's put it this way. I'd say it's a less than 50% chance, in my opinion, that he's back. But I would have said a month ago it's a zero percent chance. Now I think there's at least a crack in the door. Uh, yeah. And yeah, by the way, yes. I, I listen. I, I think uh, you know there's there's a chance if you know if he plays great down the stretch, but you can't keep everybody. Like, and they've got to keep Brown, and I think they've got to keep Matthew. So they would have to do something pretty unique with Clark. Yeah. Yeah, if he if he just basically agreed to play for free, but if you're looking at it from Frank's point of view, you know he he has another good playoff run here right. for the Chiefs. He's got a chance. There's going to be some team out there who's got money who's like, we need a pass rush, we need defense, veteran guy. Let's let's pay Frank Clark through the nose. He's going to have a chance to make money. But I'll tell you what, Frank Clark has been worth every penny as far as I'm concerned because I don't think they win the, the Super Bowl without Frank. That defense, the way it came on. And they may win another Super Bowl. They have, they have a shot at another Super Bowl with Frank Clark this year. You you get that out of this guy, it's worth every penny. You know, wish him the best. Let him go to someone else, get paid, and and continue. You got to churn these I, rosters if you're the Chiefs. When you're this good, and I you will got say this though, you bring up an interesting point actually. In a way, like if they ever won the Super Bowl again, and he's a huge part <laughs> of why, that might be the one way I could see the Chiefs being like, oh, we got to cave. Like, I mean, yeah. Veach, after they won the Super Bowl, they had that famous run it back tour, right? Where they brought back everybody. I, I don't know. I mean, it, and by the way, one of the thing, guys, it does matter here. So next next year, like this coming off season, the cap is expected to go up significantly. The following year, you're going to have a lot of new TV money, some gambling money coming in. The cap is going to explode in 2023. I've talked to people in the league who believe. Now this was this was pre-pandemic, okay? 
but this, but I think the conversation remains pretty fair. There are people in the league who believe by the end of the decade, the cap will be $400 million because of the enormous amount of TV revenue, revenue coming in from, from gambling. Like this is a, a league that financially, even beyond what already is, is going to explode. So if that's the case now, do you maybe say, look, we got to figure out any way we can to just get everybody into the cap for 2022. And if we can do that, the cap's going to go up so much in 2023, we're good. It's a fair question. I don't know the answer to that. And yeah, Clint, yeah, 400 million. 400 million. Now, that was right. That was, I was told that by three different people in the know at the combine, but right, like right as COVID was about to explode. Okay. And then obviously COVID changed some things. I still think worst case, yeah, 375. I mean, you're, it, it's going to be huge by the end yeah. of the decade. And don't forget, too, now you have that 17th game. So that adds into it. I mean, there's just a lot that goes into this. I think I think the cap's going to explode. It'll be interesting to see how she's handling Absolutely. All right, last review here. Uh, entertainment from our guy, Batman, 2287. Matt, Patrick Sterling, and Matt are a must-listen. When the Chiefs win, it's a realistic take on how they played. Truthfully, uh, it's party time. When they lose, they have a way of talking you off the ledge and bringing your faith back in the team. They will entertain uh, and help you look on the bright side. What I love is that they are real and will tell you like it is. Either way, win or lose, you will walk away from this podcast with an accurate view of the Chiefs. Keep up the great work, guys. Again, everybody, uh, Batman, Clint, everybody, thank you for your kind reviews. You guys are the best. Um, keep them coming. Keep them Please. coming. Maybe we do one of those awesome. mailbag episodes. All right. We got to get to it now because my battery and my computer is going dead. Um, final score predictions. I'll start with you, Bertrand. Uh, I think the Chiefs win and they cover. I think it's like 27 to 16. Uh, and I, I think it's a game where they always kind of feel like they have it under control. So uh, the offense needs to prove that it's kind of back. You know, they look back against the Raiders and they look okay against Dallas. Really beat themselves more than anything. Um what do they look like this week? Denver, Fangio's always had a pretty good plan against the Chiefs. You know, they, they, they yeah. give up a lot of yardage, but they don't. They, but they stiffen as, as you go down the field. So I'll say the Chiefs are held under 30. I think they get to 27. And I, I think 16, I see Todd Rogers is with me, uh, my man. 27-16, uh, I think the Chiefs win, and I think, I think it's, it feels comfortable. All right, I love it. I got it, Chiefs 24 uh, Broncos 16. That may seem a little bit closer than, than everyone's expecting, but I don't think the game will actually be that close. I think the, the Chiefs will kind of take care of business. The defense will be playing really well, and I see Denver getting a garbage-time touchdown after a number of field goals uh, to make it look a little bit closer than it was and break some people's hearts. Uh, although, I don't know, I, I'm never going with – I'm never betting against an NFL team getting like nine, ten points uh, unless they're absolute garbage. And the Broncos are not an absolute garbage team. So I would I would stay away from that line if I were you all because um, you just never know in the NFL. But uh, that's the way I see it. I think the Chiefs win fairly comfortably, and we have another enjoyable game. And remember, this is going to be Sunday night football. So the schedule coming up is Sunday night. I will be here. Verderham will be here. Sterling Holmes will be back. Matt Connor, after he's done with his post game, will probably jump in. You may have the whole crew on Sunday night. Um, I mean, geez, there's over a hundred of you out there right now. Just imagine what it's going to be like Sunday night, really win or lose, but hopefully win after that game. We're going to have a huge crowd here. It's going to be a yep. lot of fun. 
their beers will be drank most most certainly. So uh, Sterling may show up with a glass of scotch. So make sure you join us for the Chiefs post game show on Sunday night after the Chiefs whip on the Broncos a little bit. Um, no stolen cold beers. One funny story, uh, real quickly before we get out of here. I got a, I had a leak. We were dealing with some things in the ceiling, and I had to rip out some drywall. So I had a guy here yesterday looking at the hole in the drywall. He's gonna he's gonna patch that up for me. And I'm looking up at the ceiling with him, and I see. It's a, a spot on the ceiling. And I'm like, what the heck is that up on the ceiling? Something shiny, something sticky. I realized it's the beer. It's the beer from me stone coating the beers. Every I, I find a little spot on the floor. I've mopped in here and everywhere, but it got, when you pound them together like that, all the way up the ceiling. So um, that's what we do here for you at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. It's never going to be boring. I can promise you that. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, hope you're all gearing up for Christmas. We'll have some fun Christmas content coming up as well. Um, but right now, this is it. Stretch run for the Chiefs. Most important time of year if you're an NFL fan. Um, so enjoy it. Uh, and thank you for joining us here on a Thursday morning. Make sure you leave us those reviews over at Apple Podcasts. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam, the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. We love you guys. Thanks for your support. And as always, go Chiefs. See you Sunday. <laughs>